Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. Today, we start our annual preaching series where we walk through one book of the Bible through the entire summer. And so you can go to kalos.church slash Galatians to see the reading plan. You can read along with us. And throughout the summer, when people are traveling, going on vacations, it kind of keeps us together as a body because we know that we're all reading the same things. We're preaching through the same book, the same sermon theme will be felt throughout the summer. And we're going to get into it. And so I want to bring some context to this book. The Church of Galatia, this isn't just one city. Actually, Galatia is a region that Paul the Apostle is writing to, and he is writing in what many consider that this is his first letter, and he's trying to bring some correction and direction to the church in Galatia, to these churches in this region, because he had planted this church, kind of like we started Kalos Church in 2017. He begins this church, but then he goes on another missionary journey where he's spreading the good news of the gospel, and he comes back to visit these churches, and he sees something disturbing, something that he didn't plan on, because he had been preaching a message of grace. He shared the message of Jesus, how God is building a new multi-ethnic family that consists of Jews and people who are not Jewish, called the Gentiles, people from different backgrounds, ethnicities, cultures, different skin colors. They're all coming together to create this new community called the church. And then he sees that people are being told in order to be justified and be a Christian and actually have salvation in Jesus Christ, you don't just believe, you actually have to add to the gospel and you have to do these kind of works and these Jewish rituals. In essence, he finds that they have been taught in order to become a Christian and go to Jesus, you basically have to become almost Jewish and follow these Jewish rituals, and then you can go to Jesus and become a Christian. And he's like, what are you doing? So he comes back and he finds out that all of these people are circumcising each other. And then he says, cut it out. Like, uh, uh, but wait, 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 not like that. And so uh, I just want to give a little bit of a warning. Uh, I'm going to be talking about this book. And a big theme of the book of Galatians is circumcision, okay? And so if you're not wanting to hear some of that, or you have some young ears in the house, your children or kids with you, uh, I just want to give you a warning. I'm not going to be graphic or anything or crude for the sake of being crude, but I'm going to be talking about circumcision, okay? Who's ready to talk about circumcision? Can I get a louder amen? All right. <laughs> and so, what is circumcision? <laughs> Let's go there. Circumcision is when you cut the foreskin off of male genitals. Trying to be clinical here. And uh, I, I could explain this all, all day, but uh, let's watch this video. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> And so <laughs> Paul comes back and, and he finds out that they're saying, hey, if you want to 
confess and become a Christian and experience salvation, you've got to get circumcised. And you thought our salvation process was embarrassing here at Kalos Church. You thought prayer circles are intimidating. I mean, talk about social anxiety. I mean, imagine you're like, oh, my life is a wreck. I need some hope that's beyond my own strength. I want to follow Jesus Christ. And then the elder comes like, well, 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 someone wants to follow Jesus. All right. Hey, Bill, give me my trusty flint rock. We're about to see a salvation. <laughs> like that was the context. And Paul's like, what are you guys doing? Stop that. You can just go to Jesus directly. And I'm thankful for this message in Galatians because the culture of this Kalos church would be totally different without this book. Anybody thankful for the book of Galatians? Because this is a place of grace. And so let's read it. I'm going to read the first 10 verses. And so we're going to be going through about half of the book uh, each chapter uh, every week this summer. So this week we'll be going through the first half of Galatians 1. Next week we'll be going through the second half of Galatians 1. And so we'll be doing about a half a chapter a week as we go through the series if you want to read along with us in your personal life. So Galatians 1, 1 through 10. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. I'm shocked. So this is him addressing the shock what he found. I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. But this is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who pre preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again that we have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcome, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So there's a lot in the scripture to unpack. There's a lot to dive into these verses. And so we're going to explore this, but I'm also going to set a foundation for us for the rest of the summer so that we can really kind of grasp the concepts of Galatians. And so uh, these people thought in order to be welcomed into the family of God, they had to go through Jewish rituals. But this is not the gospel that Paul preached. He says, salvation is a free gift that you simply receive. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. You just say, yes, thank you, Lord, for your salvation. But have you ever felt, honestly, in your own faith, like you weren't good enough to be Christian? Or have you ever felt like I'm not being Christian good enough? I haven't worked or earned this kind of salvation. I don't deserve it, and I'm afraid I'm going to kind of lose it. Have you ever had those feelings of it being inferior? I mean, I, I know I have. I mean, some of us may not be as extreme as to think I need to get circumcised to, to be a better Christian, but I, I have seen that. I remember in Bible college, uh, I was with my friend, and uh, 
uh, we were walking through the hallway. I was a chaplain on the dorm at my Bible college, and I, I saw my friend, and his name is Peter, and he's standing in front of the mirror, and warning, I'm not trying to be crude for the sake of being crude. I'm trying to illustrate the book of Galatians. But my friend Peter was standing in front of the mirror. And remember, I warned you. So you had your chance to get out of the sermon and protect young ears. And so I see my friend in front of the mirror, and he has a pair of scissors, and he's naked. And I had to walk in the room. What's going on here? And he says, hey, Pradeepan, I'm his chaplain, so he's confiding in me. I just don't feel Christian enough. I've been reading about circumcision in the Old Testament, and I, I just, I'm going to circumcise myself. I was like, Peter, Peter. And so I, he's naked, and so I, I see what he's doing, and I go, Peter, you're already circumcised. Trust me, you don't want to cut anymore. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> you're going to become a eunuch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he didn't circumcise himself. Can we give God some praise? <laughs> Saved a life. He has kids now. Thanks to me. <laughs> Anyways, he was dealing with these feelings of being inferior. I'm not Christian enough. I'm not good enough. And we may not be as extreme as Peter with circumcision, but we do feel like, ah, I, I just don't read the Bible enough. I'm, I'm not praying enough. I don't worship like that person. I'm not serving enough. I'm not giving enough. I'm just not a good Christian. I, I don't know if I've, I've kept on to my salvation. What, what's going on here? And, and so today with Galatians and how we're kind of want to intro this, I, I just want to say that this is a house of grace. This is a faith of acceptance in Jesus Christ. It's a faith where you can come as you are. And, and literally, grace isn't something that's earned. Salvation isn't something we get by climbing up to a mountain or going on a spiritual journey. Forgiveness isn't something we earn in our own works, and our own strength, in our own wisdom, and our own ability. It's not because of our holiness that we experience a new life and a true relationship with God is because God saves us and rescues us by his works, not our works. And that's what Paul is trying to communicate over and over and over in this. And so uh, for those of us who feel like stuck in, in this inferiority complex, I, I just want to share this with you. Number one, salvation is simply received, not achieved. We don't work for God's love, but from God's love. Let me say that again. Salvation is simply received, not achieved. We don't work for God's love, but from God's love. And I know we live in Seattle where we have a hustle culture and we want to work for everything that we have. We're trying to climb the corporate ladder or we're trying to get this kind of house and we have to work and work and grind and rise and grind and we have to go for it. But in Christianity, the harder you work for salvation, the less you really have it. This is the reality of the gospel. So in Galatians, in verse 3, it says, May the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, give you grace 
It's something that's given, not something that's stolen, not something that's achieved, not something that's worked for. Grace and peace are given. And Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as our God and Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. We don't earn being rescued. We need to be rescued. And God does that through his strength by giving his son so that we don't have to be victims to a cycle of death and violence. In fact, Jesus exposed the systems of death and violence by dying on the cross as an innocent person, making a way for us to not be punished or hurt or fall victim to the pain of our own destructive habits. That is the good news of the gospel. But I understand a lot of us try to earn it and work for it and feel like guilty when we're not working. But this is something that we just do. I remember I lived in this house and uh, the family, they had this brand new dishwasher. And uh, I was living in this house and they had these rules for washing the dishes that I'd never seen before. I was living with a Korean family, so I thought maybe this is just Korean culture and I don't think it is. <laughs> uh, they had this dishwasher, but they said you cannot use the dishwasher. You cannot put dishes in this until you clean the dishes in the sink first. Is that Korean culture or are they just weird? That's just Asian culture. Oh, my goodness. Not South Asian culture. <laughs> Not Sri Lankans. And I am Asian. For those of you who say I'm not Asian because I have dark brown skin. And I come from Sri Lanka because Amritha comes from India. What do you think we are, European? Do you think we're from Antarctica? I'm running out of continents. North America? South America, Australia, it's got to be Asia. Anyways, that was not in my notes. So I'm like, okay, they say you have to wash the dishes in the sink, and then you can put it in the dishwasher. That's ridiculous. The dishwasher exists to wash the dishes. I'm putting them in the dishwasher so I don't have to wash the dishes. What are you doing, Asians? Fellow Asians? What are you doing? It doesn't make any sense. And so Paul is like, what are you doing trying to work yourself into salvation? You're receiving salvation because you couldn't work for it. Why are you taking a bath before you take a shower? The shower does the cleaning. The dishwasher does the washing. And in the same way in our faith, you can work in your own strength to try to reach Jesus, to try to reach God. But guess what? That didn't work. And you found yourself in death and destruction and a pattern that hurt yourself and the people around you. And now you think circumcision is going to do the trick? No. Let God who takes our sins, though they be as red as scarlet, and he turns them to be as white as snow. He washes us and he makes us new creations by his grace and his strength. So would you just let the washer of our souls do the washing and don't try to wash yourself before you enter into the dishwasher of eternity found through Jesus Christ and his grace alone? Can I get a better? Amen. I mean, salvation is a free gift and we desperately need it. And so 
for those of us who feel like I have to earn my place in church, I have to earn my place into the family of God, and I don't know if I can because I don't fit the demographic, I have a different thought process. Maybe I have a different political bent. Maybe I've been dealing with different things in sexuality that the church is like, I don't know if you can be in the church. I just want to say the table to sit at Jesus is wide open because the blood of Jesus Christ. No matter what your background is, no matter what your personal struggles are, no matter what embarrasses you, no matter how people have cut you off in the past because of who you are, you are welcome into the family of God. And that's salvation. And so we simply say as the church, come as you are. And you know, you may have heard grandma say, God doesn't help those who can't help themselves. But Paul would say, grandma, you're a heretic. Because the gospel is exactly for those who can't help themselves. The gospel is a handout where God helps those who can't help themselves. Because grace earned isn't grace at all. And so I just want to say to you all, would you just stop working so hard? Would you just let go and let God heal you and set you free? Would you just stop striving in your own strength? Ah, I got to be better. I got to be better. And then God will love you. No, God loves you right now. You don't work for love. You work from love. And you just need to simply receive it and say, God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for having mercy on me just as I am. I need mercy because of how I am. And so thank you for loving me. And I know, I know this is a hard message for some of us. And to be honest, as a pastor, I want you to tithe. Can I be honest? I want you to serve. I want you to give financially. I want you to join small groups. I really wish you come regularly on Sunday mornings. And you all do a great job of that. But you can do all those things, and it's not going to make God love you anymore. It's not going to help your salvation. It does nothing because it's a free gift. The gospel is a handout. And there's some things you just can't do in your own strength. And you've tried so hard. I remember Pastor Amritha and I were in one of our weekly therapy sessions. And our our therapist said, I believe that you two are going through some issues in your personal life as you deal with the trauma of your past. And if you could have chosen to willpower your way through this situation and your own wisdom and your own strength and your own ability, you'd have chosen to do this because you're hurting yourself and you're hurting the people around you. You would have chosen health if it was just that simple. But I think there's some areas in your life where you just simply need the grace of God and you need the Lord to do some supernatural work in your heart. And sometimes we can't just willpower our way through spiritual transformation. We need God to do the heavy lifting. And he's the only one who can. Amen? So uh, number two that I'm seeing in this scripture to set up the context for Galatians is this. I believe that to add to the gospel is to lose the gospel. To add to the gospel is to lose the gospel. And so in Galatians, in verse 6 of chapter 1, I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of God. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but it's not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning God. And so uh, 
he's saying, when you add to the gospel, you add these works like circumcision, you're kind of like ruining the entire gospel. It's becoming a false gospel. And I think the same principle applies to us today. Like, we are just followers of Jesus. We're just Christians. We're not Republican Christians. We're not Democratic Christians. We're not like American Christians. We're just Christians. And when we say, oh, if you want to really be a churchgoer, follower of Jesus, lover, you got to vote this way. I think we've created a false gospel. When we say, oh, you must not be a Christian because you're going through sickness. And if you just prayed the right prayer of faith, you would be healed. And because you are sick and you're not healed, that must mean you don't have faith in Jesus Christ. So you're not a Christian. I would say you're creating a false gospel here. Right? When we add to the gospel and we say something beyond come as you are, I, I think we're creating unnecessary restrictions that prevents people. And I understand the root of salvation, it's a free gift. And a lot of us try to jump to the fruit of salvation, which is a changed life, but it's a fruit of salvation, not a ways of achieving salvation. And I, I think we need to restore this come as you are. And honestly, in our marketing and our wording and our phrasing on stage, we can say things like, we're a diverse church or we accept people as they are. But then when you walk into a church culture, you're like, oh, do they really? Is this actually happening? I just watched this movie on an airplane and it made me weep. And it's a movie called Jesus Revolution. Has anybody seen this? It's about the, the Jesus movement that happened in the late 60s, early 70s, which is one of the largest uh, great awakenings in American history where millions of people decided to become Christian. And I watched this on the airplane out of a little bit of guilt because uh, after Easter, I chose to watch Cocaine Bear. <laughs> 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 Instead of Jesus Revolution, and uh, on my way out of the theater, another pastor from a church in town was like, oh, hey, we're at the theater too. We're going to see Jesus Revolution. What are you seeing? Cocaine bear. <laughs> so anyways, God, there's grace here. Grace, grace, grace. And uh, anyways, what is grace? Grace is uh, God's riches at Christ's expense, right? G-R-A-C-E. If you want a way to remember that, mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. Grace is when you get something you don't deserve, right? Mercy, when you deserve punishment and you don't get it. Grace is you get that gift even though you didn't earn it. And so that's a simple way of remembering it. And so I felt this was a moment of grace about Cocaine Bear. And so I'm on, I'm on the plane and I'm weeping because there's all these churches and these were traditional churches and they were very uh, straight edge, very uh, liturgical, followed procedures, wore a suit and tie, hairs combed all in place, very formal. But then these hippies, these Acid, L LSD loving, no shoe wearing, bell bottom wearing, anti war, pro free love of all sorts. They started entering into the churches. And all these people in suits are like, what is happening? Like, hey, uh, you, need, you need a dress for success. You need to wear your Sunday best. You can't come into the house of God looking like that. And, and then uh, people are getting kicked out. But they're having real encounters with Jesus. You know, the, these drug trips, these uh, like love festivals, the, the, it was a search for God. And, and one pastor realized like all these people, millions of young people are looking for God. 
And so they said in this one church, come, come as you are. And people are like, oh, they can't come in with bare feet. And so the pastor stood at the entrance and would wash their feet as they come in so they didn't ruin their 70s shag carpet. It, it was... <laughs> What a time to be alive. So they, they go in and they bring all these, you know, it's not choirs and organs. They start singing with acoustic guitars and they look and sound like the Beatles and people give their lives to Jesus and it's beautiful and they get baptized and it's not a different gospel. It's Jesus saying, hey, I want to save you. I died on the cross for you. I don't just love you. I like you. I want to live life with you. And so they start coming in by the millions, getting baptized on the beach and it, it becomes this whole movement where like over a thousand churches are planted through it. But I've been to many of those churches now 50 years later. And I, I was watching this movie and I'm so moved. I was like, I want to be that kind of church where you can bring your friends no matter what their background is, no matter what they look like, no matter what would get them canceled. They're welcome here. I really long for that kind of community. But I, I visited some of these churches that were founded in the Jesus movement, and now they're like 50 years old. And I, I don't think those same hippies would be welcome in those churches today, right? Because they got money now, they got buildings, they've got political influence, they're hanging out with presidents. I mean, they've got, they've got all the things. They're not, they're not these anti-war kind of, I mean, they've been changed by the gospel and I believe the gospel changes us. But I mean, if someone walked into a lot of the bigger churches in America today and you're anti-war or if you're on, high on drugs or if you've got a different sexual background, uh, people would not even feel welcome to enter the church and feel the gospel. I mean, I remember one time I was in high school and I was going to end my life. And I, I, I walked in the rain looking for hope. I walked into this church building looking to hear the gospel, looking to hear something as an alternative to the path of death I found myself in. And as I walked in, hungry heart, open heart, looking to give my life to Jesus, wanting to do everything, this older man approaches me as I'm sitting in a pew in the back. He says, young man, how dare you enter the house of God with a hat on? I'm soaking wet, like a 13-year-old Sri Lankan kid in Minnesota. How dare you enter the house of God looking like that? The church is a place where we bring God our best son. And I walked out of that church that day. I mean, I, it's my fear. Man, I, I know a lot of us feel like we're not good enough to be welcome to the table, but that's the gospel. When we weren't good enough, God welcomed us to the table. While we were enemies, while we were against God, he went the extra mile to rescue us. That is the good news of Jesus. And so you're welcome as you are. And I think that is the book of Galatians. You don't have to work for the approval of God. Jesus won that approval on the cross for all of us. And so point three, I just want to share this. I believe the book of Galatians explains this to us. It's better to be excluded for who we include than included for who we exclude. It's better to be excluded for who we include than included for who we exclude. And I know this is a tough message. And I do believe that the gospel changes us, but salvation is different than discipleship. 
And if people feel like they have to jump through hurdles and hoops to simply hear the gospel and experience salvation, we're doing it wrong. And so Paul says in verse 10, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, though if he came and freed me from circumcision, he would have won my approval, just saying. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And so I I know that I'm working from love, not for love. Because God has seen me at my worst, and he still said, son, I love you. You're still welcome in my family. You're still welcome in my community and at my table. And that's so refreshing in a cancel culture. It's so refreshing where even as a preacher, I know honestly that I'm one wrong phrase, one wrong social media post from losing some friends in this church just because of the the culture of our society that's discipled you to think, hey, if you disagree with me at all, we can't be friends anymore. And so I I realize, and we wonder why it's hard to make friendships in this day and age. It's because all of your community, all of your workmates know that you're one tweet away from losing all of your friends. I mean, that's just the reality of our society. And honestly, it's scary to preach in that environment. But this is a place, Paul says, the church is a place where we include those who have been excluded. And I, I, just, I just think that's so beautiful. And band, you can come up. Uh, as I, I was reflecting on the sermon, I was just thinking how when we first started Kalos Church, we grew pretty fast in the early days, and we launched a second service and basically doubled. And our, uh, we hit 500 people for an Easter for the first time, which was like a miracle here in the Pacific Northwest. And then the COVID shutdowns made it where we were online for 58 weeks online. And I don't know if you still carry any of the trauma during that time, but I, I think I do as a pastor. Because it was like every statement when it came to politics, people are telling me to endorse this candidate or telling Amritha to endorse this candidate. And they're like, if you don't endorse them from the stage, from the pulpit, we're going to leave the church. And our church shrank from 500 from that Easter to 38 people when we returned as a church. I mean, I remember we lost our top 10 givers in one month because we want to endorse a certain candidate. I mean, it felt like we were a referee in the middle of an NBA Finals. No matter what call we make, half the fans are going to hate us. And it was like, hey, we need you to be a Democrat Christian. We need you to be a Republican Christian. We need you to talk about this situation like this when it comes to racism, when it comes to masks, when it comes to shutdowns. And we're drawing a line in the sand. And if you don't fall on the right side, I'm sorry, I can't be friends with you anymore. I'm sorry, I can't do Thanksgiving with you anymore. I mean, did you feel the trauma of that even in your own families, in your own friend groups? It was such a a difficult thing. And it it really hurt, but I, I just made a decision. I'd rather be spiritually correct than politically correct. I'd rather be spiritually correct than culturally correct. Correct. And I know there are a lot of forces that are telling me, Pradeep, and you need to add this to the preaching. You need to add this to the gospel. If you're a Christian, you vote this way. And if you don't, that's proof that you're not a Christian. And I, I just think that's a dangerous place to be because we're a place where we lift up the name of Jesus and he, his name alone. 
Like, and obviously the gospel speaks to political issues and we're offensive, but we're not partisan, right? And it's gonna offend people when we preach the true gospel. But I love what Paul says here. I'm not trying to, to win the approval of man because I got the approval of God and that's all I care about. That's what I wanna do. And so I, I want us to be that kind of church that says we're a Jesus church. We welcome people as they are and we point them to Jesus. We're fishers of men drawing people to Jesus and we're not trying to clean these fish before we catch these fish. We simply point people to Jesus. A lot of times people ask us, how did your church become so diverse? Because nobody called us a diverse church before the pandemic. We really weren't known like that. But I think something beautiful happened. As we said, we're down to 38 people, but we're just preaching Jesus. We became a refuge for people who are hurt by the trauma of political debate, where it had saturated our media, our news, our Thanksgiving tables, our dinner tables, our work, our friendship circles. We said, hey, we're not going to shy away from the real issues of life. We're not going to bury our heads in the sand. We're going to talk about real things. But ultimately, our goal is to bring you to Jesus and Jesus alone. Not a candidate, not a ritual, not a process, but Come as you are to Jesus. And so today, I just want to close by letting you know, you are so loved by God. There's nothing you can do to earn God's love. And watch this. There's nothing you can do to lose God's love. He loves you right now as you are. And you are welcome in this church as you are. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for this message of grace that we have all of God's riches at Christ's expense. And yes, Lord, we know that the root of salvation is free and the fruit of salvation is a changed life. But Lord, we don't want to try to change ourselves in our own strength. But first and foremost, we start this series by saying, Lord, we need you. We are sinners in need of rescue. We need to be rescued from our own vices, our own pain, our own habits, our own thought patterns. And I thank you, Lord, that you love us as we are. Thank you so much for joining us at the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, we would actually love to see you in person. And we meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday in Bellevue. If you're interested, you can just go to www.kalos.church. All the information you need is there. And we hope to see you there. Thanks again for joining us at the Kalos Church Podcast.